Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. See, it's an amazing thing. When we see an excuse, we think, oh, well, you know, people make excuses, blah, blah, blah. But really look at that moment. The moment where someone makes an excuse is a existential philosophical statement that says, screw reality. I'm making up my own. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. The most common root business problem is missing accountability. There is no single more misunderstood and underused tool in small and medium-sized businesses than accountability. And in large businesses, it's used in ways that generally ignore the self-interest of the individual, rendering it impotent. In short, accountability is always part of the answer to any problem because it's about facing reality. And that's precisely why we avoid it like the plague. It puts us humans in quite a pickle. The problem is in reality, and so is the solution. But the pain is also in reality, and we don't want to face that. How do you resolve your inner conflict so you can face the pain productively and get the solutions you need? Keep listening to find out more. This episode is from a recent weekly member webcast. For more information about the many benefits of clear and open membership and how to get the help you need in conversations like this, as well as access to powerful online courses, please go to clearandopen.com. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's dive in. Why is accountability so uncomfortable for people? Right? We tend to hold this idea that accountability is just inherently uncomfortable. Well, nobody likes to be held accountable. Yeah, you got to face your demons. You got to face your discomfort. Accountability is tough, all yada, yada. Why? What is accountability? It's just being faced with reality. To frame another way, for whom is accountability such a bitch? The person that's holding someone accountable. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I mean, let's let's talk about the uh, yeah the person who's be in the person who's being held accountable. What does that mean? Being held to reality, right? That's what a manager does. You did this; it created this consequence. Now you got we got to look at it. Uh, excuse, excuse, excuse. All an excuse is or a deflection. The list of 90-odd things that I have, those are all avenues away from reality. That's what an excuse is. It's a turning away from reality. This is what happened. We're going to talk about, yeah, but my life is hard and people are difficult and my dog ate it and all of that. Your dog didn't eat the homework. That's not reality, you see? See, it's an amazing thing. When we see an excuse, we think, oh, well, you know, people make excuses, blah, blah, blah. But really look at that moment. The moment where someone makes an excuse is a existential philosophical statement that says, screw reality. I'm making up my own. This is a sin. This is a departing from the way, right? This is 
violating the will of God. If you define God as being reality, how can you not? That's at least what it is. This is not abiding with truth. Choose your paradigm. This is not operating according to the data science paradigm. See, however you slice it, you're not in truth. And yet look at excuses. Look at, look at how prevalent they are. That's the world we live in. Everyone's got this desire to escape reality. And where's the solution to their problems? In reality. <laughs> you see the problem? When I can't laugh about it, I'm in total despair. And I tell myself, well, you don't absolutely know it means that the human race is eventually going to die. But it sure looks like it sometimes. Because all of the solutions are in reality and nobody's really interested in it. So accountability is only difficult for what? Getting back into reality? It's only difficult for the shadow. You see? Because the shadow doesn't care about reality. It's actively escaping it. It doesn't want to go there. So when someone says, hey, here's an aspect of reality you missed. Your impact on this customer was such and such. Your impact on me was such and such. You didn't proofread this blog before it went out. What does an authentic, reality-oriented individual say in that moment? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I really want to look at exactly what happened because I want to live in reality. And in that moment, I must have departed it. That's the gratitude you were just talking about. Amen. That's it. Thank you so much. I didn't know that. I was wrong. I, was, I did it badly, whatever it is. Thank you. And yet, look at how difficult it is. All, if you want to find your shadow, all you got to do is look at how upset you get when you're held accountable. When I bottomed out my car, it took me about 12 hours or so of some pretty intense work to finally start to find the gratitude and to realize, okay, this is a hint from reality. After hours of uh, just circles of, this is going to cost me money, this is going to cost me time, I can't believe that person's driveway was so steep, and blah, 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 all that. No reality, no reality, no reality, no reality. I really needed a truck anyway. And then the process went really smoothly. I'm buying, I'm buying one today, the first one I test drove. And then there were all these really cool signs that I got to get from life. My friend of mine got a Toyota Tacoma three months ago. The woman I bought this house from has a Tacoma. And a massage therapist I have, I happen to be talking to just a week ago, also has a Tacoma. Tacoma on the market, a friend of mine finds, sends to me. It's perfect has the same miles on it as a friend of mine's car that I'm borrowing. Just boom, it's not just all set up. Oh, and it just served to me on a platter. And now part of me is like, oh boy, am I embarrassed for hating reality for this because this is really good. The truck's even lifted. (laughs) 
which is so, and it's such an out of Joseph experience. I'm not a truck guy. I'm about to become one. Right. But the funny thing is like that, because my shadow has a judgment about trucks. He thinks that they're a symbol of low consciousness. Wow. Right. Right. And so I was, but for months I've been like, oh, I'll just get a Subaru, right? I don't want to have truck. The mileage is bad on. I'll just get a Subaru. It'll be high enough. And then I get garbage service finally. And I need to get garbage cans to the end of this road once a week. And I've been, you don't want to squeeze a, you know, like a full-size garbage can. That's the kind of thing you throw in the back of a truck, not squeeze into a Subaru, you know, a dirt road, a kilometer long dirt road. And and yeah, that's how much I was fighting it. And that's something I'm working on a lot right now. My, my uh, um, shadow's stories about low consciousness. And he hates things like dogs barking and um, people who play really loud, bad music, you know, out of their cars and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We can call you Bubba. Oh, I get, I, that's not helping him. <laughs> and my shadow shivers. Oh my God. I will say that your shadow and my shadow would get along famously. <laughs> so yeah, so this is a lifted, it's like probably 15 inches off the ground, this thing. Yeah. Does it have a gun rack? No, but, <laughs> no, but it has an illegal tint. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Right? 5% tin on the front windows. I mean, and like the people who are selling to me, like they're truck people, you know, and like, they're telling me like one of the struts was leaking and I had to make a phone call to find out like something like what that would cost. And they're asking me questions. I don't know anything about truck struts. You know, and I'm like, I don't know. Can I send you a picture? You know, <laughs> and, and how amazing that, that the very thing that I asked life for help with about this trigger I have. Cause I don't like hating my life every time I hear a dog barking. I don't like that. Right. I want to make peace with that. And then life delivers me, squeezes me into you are now a truck owner, not just some ordinary truck, but a tinted <laughs> pimped out lifted. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm stoked about it. It's it, it took, a, it was a hard week though. It was a hard week of fighting reality. Can we you have to get a picture of this? You buy your truck for the next meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in some mud. For sure. With a chomp. Now, it's not four-wheel drive, just in case anybody got excited. It's a pre-runner. It's, it's two-wheel drive, but still. Before you post this, can you insert a trigger warning before this section? So that's surrender. I'm sur- I mean, it really, like, you'd think, like, really, Joseph, your, your version of surrendering to reality is buying a truck. You see, the content can be anything. For me, it's a really big deal. I've been fighting this for six months. It was really not easy. And I, this is just the beginning. Who knows what's going to happen, you know? I mean, I think it's going to be downhill from here in, in a good way. But, you know, who, other stuff, who knows what else will come up. Maybe every time I'm getting gas, you know, some dense consciousness guy smoking a cigarette and wearing too much cologne is going to come up to me and want to ask me 10 questions about my truck. You know, and I'll have to be like, oh, God, another one. <laughs> I don't know. You know, and then I'll learn, hey, actually, these guys are really cool people, you know, and I'll have to face that. Who knows? This is going to be a fun six months. Yeah. But you see, like, that's the cool thing. That's where it takes you, you know, and like the people I'm buying this from, you know, if I saw them from across the street, you know, one guy hasn't has apparently forgotten how to shave and wash his clothes and his 
girlfriend who actually owns the truck, she's wearing the pants in the family and their relationship, he's all shut down and she's really on it and they own a, have a family business. And there's all sorts of, but you know what, the, you know, after spending all this time with them and get, getting to know them, it's like, oh, these people are actually really good salt of the earth people, which is really typical in, in people who are kind of focused on what's right in front of them. They tend to be very grounded, practical and, you know, are they the most erudite, um, existentially philosophical minded people in the world? No, but there's a goodness to them that my shadow doesn't see at all. He doesn't see at all to the, the honesty, the, the immediacy, the, the purity, there's a kind of purity to, to that kind of density. It's, it's, it's uncomplicated, you know, and they have an honesty that's been really great to buy a truck from people who you can just feel like they've taken immensely good care of this thing and it has remarkably little rust and she's only given it 92 octane, you know, gas. And it. it's like, you can feel there's this bond to this vehicle that I don't think I could ever have. You know, there's so many good things about it that my shadow doesn't want to see. No, they're just, these are the people destroying the planet, zooming around, using up the, ex, the rest of the oil, you know, you see so when you surrender to reality, these are the kinds of emergent unknown journeys it takes you on. And that's what makes it really fun once you get over the total lack of control that you have. We're like, okay, I'm buying a truck. And I know nothing about trucks. That was not a comfortable three or four days, you know? So I did a lot of research and I learned a lot of stuff and I asked a lot of questions and I took it to a mechanic and, and it was all fine. But the story in my head the whole time was, this is not fine. This shouldn't be happening. That's the ultimate in anti-reality. The, the ego mind thinks it knows what should be happening. Donald Trump shouldn't be president. For example, millions of people say that many times every day. No, he shouldn't be. He won the election. What makes you think he shouldn't be, right? But that, that's a filter you can go through your day with, or this employee shouldn't be making this mistake. My spouse shouldn't have said that. All shoulds, needs, and have tos are anti-reality. Sins against God, if you will. Departure from the way for the Taoists among us. Pick your paradigm, violating the data set for the scientists, whatever the paradigm you see, it's just not true. Yay! Get excited about that. Wow, I discovered a way in which I'm not living in reality. How cool. Not, well, I don't like that I was wrong. Are you kidding me? You should, you should throw a party about how wrong you were. Only the shadow would be kicking their feet stomping their feet and, and pounding their hands in protest. I was wrong. I hate being wrong. I don't like you because you showed me where I was wrong. What? Don't you know how you get smarter? <laughs> By finding out where you were wrong. Well, no. That's how you get more aware. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. 
Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.